You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Today we are welcoming Laura Rodriguez Romani, who is the owner of Los Amigos Books, a Spanish language and bilingual bookstore for readers of all ages. She is a former dual language teacher, Spanish language instructor, and trained school librarian. Laura uses her expertise of the Spanish language and diverse children's literature to curate a collection of books that upholds the values of authenticity and diversity. Laura aims to advocate for bilingualism and multiculturalism by providing Spanish language and bilingual books to the community and its institutions. In my conversation with Laura, we talk about the benefits of exposing our pequeños to bilingual Spanish-only books in addition to English books. She shares tips on how we can start building a library and how to identify whether a book was authentically written in Spanish or translated in Spanish, which for me, it was very interesting. Los Amigos Books is one of the few bilingual bookstores in the Midwest And although it is currently at a temporary location in Berwyn, Illinois, until December 2022, they have an online store where they ship anywhere around the U.S. I am thrilled to share this conversation with Laura to you. I also want to inform you that the audio quality may be a little off. My internet was running slow and both Laura and I were finishing La Tos. So you may hear us a little bit pollonas. Now, here is my interview with Laura Rodriguez Romani from Los Amigos Books. Hola, hola, Laura, ¿cómo estás? Hola, Jessica, ¿cómo estás tú? Bien, gracias uh, for being here y estar aquí con nosotras. And that way we get to know a little bit more about you and Los Amigos Books, which I'm very excited. And so the first question that I ask my guests is, tell me a little bit more about yourself, like where where you live, where did you grow up, what you identify, what your education professional background is, and a little bit more about your familia. Currently, I'm living in Logan Square, in the Logan Square neighborhood of Chicago, but our bookshop is located in Berwyn, Illinois so not too far from Chicago, but I actually grew up out in the Northwest suburbs, a suburb called Vernon Hills. So yeah, I lived there most of my life. And then once I got married, we we decided to move back to the city, which is where my husband grew up. Okay. Yeah. So I guess a little bit about my family is me, my husband, and we have a two and a half year old son named Noah. And one of our main things is trying to make sure that Noah speaks Spanish and he grows up in, in a bilingual household. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And we'll definitely touch on raising bilingual children and kind of the benefits of that. And and I'm sure that that sort of inspired you in establishing your business. Um, yes. Pero can you tell us a little bit more about pre Los Amigos books? Like what did you used to do and what your background is in that respect? All right. Are you ready for my life story? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe. So, <laughs> 
first, I guess, like my whole journey of like wanting to be stronger in Spanish started in like elementary school. I studied Spanish like in middle school as soon as they allowed us to study what they called a foreign language. And I continued that in college. And then I continued even further when I was in grad school studying for the master's of ed and, and the teacher certificate. In order to fund my grad school studies, I was a TA or teacher's assistant or professor's assistant in the Spanish department. So that was how I paid for grad school. So all while I was studying to be a teacher and getting my master's in ed, I was teaching for the Spanish department in their beginners but accelerated Spanish language courses for undergraduates. So I did that for three years. And then when I graduated and everything, I became a dual language teacher. I taught fifth and third grade for a combined amount of time of five years. And then I guess towards my last year of teaching is like when the idea started brewing a little bit more about like, what am I going to do? Should like, I not want to continue in the, in the teaching profession and I ended up getting my library information science endorsement, which is like an 18 credit hour certification that you can get if you're already a teacher and already have a master's in, in education in order to become a certified school librarian. I started exploring, you know, that area, but then, you know, the pandemic hit. I got pregnant with my son and ended up leaving the teaching profession because I gave birth to my son and I kind of wanted to raise him the way my mom raised us at home I always had that idea that that's something that I wanted to do too for for my kids so I wanted to stay home and it just happened to be like the best time to do it because it wasn't safe you know when the pandemic first hit or the lockdown started in March I had just had my son in, in January so it wasn't safe to either go to work as a teacher or send your children to daycare at that time so I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna stay at home with him and and, and raise him. And I think the spark of it finally coming to fruition with Los Amigos books was my decision to raise my son bilingually or only speaking Spanish. And I say bilingually because that's like the long-term goal, but what it actually looks like in our home is we speak only Spanish to him, read to him only in Spanish, and he only watches Spanish language television. So I knew as a teacher that there was a deficit or a lack of Spanish language books, good ones, authentic ones, but I even became even more obvious when I was mom and trying to do this crianza bilingue myself. So I was like, you know what? I have the expertise, I have the skills. I'm trying to reinvent myself anyway in, in this uncertain time of you know, COVID-19. So mm -hmm. that's when we decided to just finally launch the business. Yeah, that is great. And yeah. sorry, that's like a whole long, long no, story. But. <laughs> but you know, it's almost like a like a new identity, like you revolutionize yourself into a new individual. And oftentimes, you know, it, it is motherhood, right? It's it's motherhood yeah. that oftentimes, you know, we we have this new identity as mothers, but also Definitely. it also gives you perspective about the needs. And especially yes. within the Latinx community, we we find that yes there are resources in general para mamás pero when you add this added layer of our cultura like there's just like a lack of resources and it could be even as like little children's books verdad right and yeah, yeah and i'm sure that that really inspired you to 
to start something new. Y también, you know, COVID, obviously it all transformed us, but I think it's yes. a, a twofold, ¿verdad? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's good. So I know that you kind of mentioned a little bit about starting your business and mm -hmm. it at first it was a like online business and now you yes. have like a physical store. So can you kind of walk us through that? Sure. Yep. Yeah. So we started just as an online store. I started a website through Shopify, which is a very you know popular e-commerce website. And then I want to say about like a month after launching the website, I realize that it's really hard to get sales online, especially if you don't have a big following, like how I, I didn't have a big following uh, when I first started all the Instagram social media pages. So I was like, you know, we have to go out there and, and let the community know that we're here. So I started signing up for pop-ups around the Chicagoland area. And my very first pop-up was the Logan Square Farmers Market. And it went really well. And it's just like further validation, I guess, that there's a need that there are parents, Latino parents out there that are looking to acquire, you know, books and resources to help them raise their children bilingually too. Yeah, that's great. And then can you tell us a little bit more about your current business in, in Tu Tienda in, yeah. in Berwyn? And I just love the concept of it. I visited a couple of weeks, well, I would say maybe a month ago, but uh -huh. I love the whole concept of this and how it supports like small business owners and most of the business owners there at the yeah. shops, how it's mostly owned by women. And I think that is amazing. So can you tell us a, a little bit more about that model and concept? Yeah. yeah so I want to say I received like the email notification about applying for the project called the Berwyn shops, I think November of 2022, we had launched the business officially we were licensed a couple of months before that in September of 2022 and I wasn't going to apply just because I didn't think I could balance you know motherhood and I you know I didn't have any help my husband he's the one who works full-time and I was the one staying home with my son and you know every once in a while my mother-in-law would help us but she was working full-time too and just one thing happened after the other she actually decided to retire early and say, I'm going to go for it. So I applied to it, really not, I guess, understanding the concept of it yet. I just was like, I need, you know, a, a place where I can showcase my books and people can find me on a consistent basis because going from pop-up to pop-up, I wasn't seeing too many repeat customers. It's just, you know, mm -hmm. luck of the draw, whatever, you know, whatever foot traffic was there that day is, is what we got. So I really wanted to establish like a community with returning customers so they could know where we were and I applied and we made it to the next round we had to do like a shark shark tank style presentation in the second round oh. yeah so it was I think they said it was 80 applicants who submitted the online application at first <clears throat> and then from there they eliminated or they I guess eliminated down to 20 and then 20 of us presented in this shark tank style presentation with committee members and even the process to choose the committee members who were going to be listening to the presentations was was like rigorous like they had to be community either community members or current business owners in Berwyn so to be able to be on the panel of the ones who would listen to the 20 applicants and then from there the 12 of us got it and I think it was intentional on on their part to choose women it was definitely intentional on them to choose minorities 
but I don't know. I think it's just was luck of the draw that the ones you know who <clears throat> made the cut were were all women. But it, it's been really great. The whole concept of you know being together with eleven other women business owners has has been awesome. And this little like I guess you can call them little like she sheds, and they're all different little colors. And it's great because we all you know all help each other. If there's someone coming to visit one shop, well they they might wander into other ones too. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of an attraction. Whereas I feel as if I was alone, you know, stepping into the retail world or the brick and mortar world, I don't think it would have been you know, the same or, or as successful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. I just love the whole concept and just kind of an opportunity for your business to grow. And then from here, you can then explore different opportunities. And so I I am very tempted to ask like what your plans are (laughs) after, (laughs) but if you want to keep it a secret or if you don't know, that's totally fine. But my hope as a consumer and as a mommy who, who loves to purchase books, especially from small business owners like yourself, like my hope is that Los Amigos books continues on just because like, again, (laughs) there is such a need and, and just like your whole philosophy around it. And so, yeah, I don't know if you're willing to share, if not, it's okay. (laughs) We're in the very beginning stages of, of looking for a permanent storefront after we graduate from this business incubator program. The Berwyn Shops has expressed that they are willing to help us. If we are interested in staying in Berwyn, they are willing to help us look at the empty storefronts that are available in Berwyn and possibly also parts of Oak Park. And they also said for those of us who graduate successfully from their program, and they have certain criteria that I think they're kind of keeping secret, but there is a possibility that we might have a grant to, you know, to help us in opening our storefronts in Berwyn. But aside from that, you know, it's good for me to like cover all my bases and look, you know, in other places as well, um, just to see where it's more convenient for us to have our business or where there could be, I don't know, possibly more, more foot traffic. Um, I'm also looking in the Logan Square area. So I'm just in the very beginning stages. It's, it's going to take a little bit of time in the ideal world. It would be awesome if I could transition right away after our lease ends here in December to opening up my storefront in January, but I, that might not happen. I don't think it's a a realistic goal, but it's, you know, it's the dream. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. It's great that you're receiving support, especially from (laughs) the village of Berwyn and how it's not just like, okay, you're done, you know, let's let's pack up. Like there is an opportunity for you to to flourish more and and to get something in fruition as far as with growing your business. So that's great. That is Yeah, they've been they've been super supportive this whole time and they've been um I mean, not only giving us the opportunity to have a little tiny storefront, but they give us workshops, business workshops. Whenever we want to create an event, they help us with the marketing and advertising of that event through their social media pages and creating flyers and electronic flyers and physical flyers as well. So they've been really cool. That's awesome. That Mm -hmm. is great. Oh my gosh, that is phenomenal. And I'll make sure to go there before it ends because it's such a cute place to, to visit and all these different storefronts are are very unique, I would say. They're not just yeah, like they're all typical. Very unique. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We all started off with the same template, you know, an empty 12 by 15 little shed. And the way that they each turned out is so unique to that, you know, individual's business and, and aesthetic and style. It's really cool to see. 
Yes, I love it. And I'll make sure to share it in the show notes, the link to the Berwyn shops. And and that way folks can also look at other stores, but definitely yours. Thank so you. yeah. <laughs> so Los Amigos Books, your motto is advocating for multiculturalism and bilingualism a través de los libros. Mm -hmm. I just love it because oh, it sounds like there is some intentionality there. Yes. And so being that there is like some intentionality, can you tell us how books can help us advocate or have this sense of self-awareness about multiculturalism and bilingualism? Yes, of course. So the very fact that we have a presence or a physical presence where all of the books are either Spanish or bilingual, I feel is powerful for our community. We don't have that elsewhere, to my knowledge. There might be, you know, a couple here and there, but in the Midwest, we're one of the few all Spanish bilingual bookstores. And it's not enough to just have Spanish and bilingual books. I'm very intentional when I choose the books in that they feature characters of color, whether it be, you know, Afro-Latinos or Latinos from, you know, from Mexico, from Central America, from South America, or just African Americans, or even like Asian characters, you know, if it comes bilingually, English or Spanish or Spanish, I make sure that that the other component is there as well. Mm. And it's tough. It's, it's tougher than you think. A lot of the publishing world is dominated by Spain, mm. especially abroad when I, we typically go abroad to La Feria Internacional de los Libros to purchase books and it's it's hard to find books that are not published in Spain that feature you know European looking characters most of the books that that I find that do feature brown characters that look like me and you are are published here in the U.S. and so they're kind of spread out and few and far in between but we try to look through the catalogs of all the publishers here and abroad you know to make sure that we have a collection that that honors multiculturalism and, and bilingualism yeah, that is great. I love the intentionality just because it shows that there is representation among everyone. And even if the book is bilingual and it's not specific to the Latinx culture, there is right. some level of like images beyond what we know and what we see, especially for the little ones. And yes. I love that. And so what, um, ages, like what, what is like kind of like the, the age groups of like books that you sell at Los Amigos Books? I would say the majority of our catalog is for zero to eighth grade. We do have some high school level books and we have recently been expanding our offerings for, for adults, but those mm. collections are much smaller than the overall picture of like how many board books we have compared to chapter books. And it's just the nature of the beast, you know, in, in this country, the nature of bilingual programs ends almost always, you know, at third grade or fifth grade. Mm. Uh, if you're, the dual language programs are few and far in between for the ones that extend all the way to eighth grade. So the proficiency of children with their Spanish kind of, you know, teeters out at around fifth or sixth grade level. So mm. we will sell a workbook 10 times faster than we will sell a chapter book. And so our collection kind of mirrors, you know, I guess sales in a way, or just like the, the proficiency of Latino students here in the U.S. Yeah. 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 That's and then, so you know, and with adults too, it's, 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 it's few and far between unless they're 
born abroad, you know, they're immigrants to this country. There's a lot of Latino adults that don't know how to read in Spanish. And it's not, you know, because of their own doing, it's, it's the school system that, you know, did not support them initially in, in maintaining both their languages. Now, dual language programs are becoming more prevalent, but they're not the norm yet. The norm is still transitional bilingual education, which cuts students off at second and third grade with their Spanish language instruction. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. That is so interesting. And then even for young adults, if they end up like studying Spanish, like in college, these right. are very traditional Spanish books. Like I, re I was yeah. a Spanish major as well. And yeah. I was like, this doesn't speak my language. Like I have no idea what kind of <laughs> language this is. And even yeah. though it was in Espanol, like I, I even struggled. And yeah. it's just interesting because in the lens of my university or college that I attended, like they considered me as like a fluent Spanish speaker, right? So I was placed in that specific class, but I couldn't catch up. It was so difficult. And yeah. I think it's telling because yeah, we, I wasn't even exposed to, to books like that and literature like that. I think we really need to revolutionize the way we teach Spanish at the college and high school level too. There needs to be heritage language courses mm -hmm. for Latinos who know how to speak, you know, Spanish, like, Espanol de la Casa, you know, and just help right. them along the way to develop their academic Spanish if they didn't have the privilege of going through a dual language program when they were younger. Right, right. Yeah, that is that is so valid. What excites you the most about creating a space such as Los Libros Books and, and your store for other bilingual Spanish speaking families in, in the community? Like what excites you the most? It might be a little selfish on my end but i'm just excited to have a space where my son and other people's children you know as a trickle effect can be accepted and see that there are you know books that look or books that feature characters that look like them mm -hmm. and for them to see that spanish is you know valid enough or equal enough as english in order for there to be a whole store that carries Spanish language books and bilingual books. So I just, I wanted to create like a little community for my family and, and other families as well who are trying to, to raise their children to be bilingual. Now we're limited on space. I wish our space was a little bigger. And when we do have our bigger storefront, we're gonna be having a lot more events and, and story times. Right now I'm like limited to, I think it's 180 square feet here in the little tiny store. <laughs> So there's, you know, there's not much that we can do when the weather was nice. We were hosting a lot of, you know, community events. Like we had Uno, Dos, Tres, Andres. We had a couple other visits. So, but now that it's a little bit colder, it's harder. But yeah, I mean, I really want my space to be a space where parents who are trying to raise their children to be bilingual, to, to feel accepted and feel that they, they can do it. Books is such a pivotal, like, way or tool to, to accomplish raising your children to be bilingual you know it's one of the four modalities of language reading speaking listening and writing so that's one of the things that's going to definitely help them should that be their goal and yeah i just want them to be able to bring their children to a space where they feel valued and empowered that they can raise their children to be bilingual even if they themselves aren't experts in spanish because the majority of us aren't Right, right. I love it. And I think it's a matter of exposure, verdad? Like growing up, I, I do remember having books, but they were all like the, the golden 
books, I believe, or, you know, like the scholastic yeah. books, you know, nada de bilingüe, like nada de libros en español or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it may be because back then in the 90s, there wasn't a lot of representation among literature and and bilingualism. And so what I'm trying to kind of state is that there is sort of like a momentum for us first gen, second gen folks that we want yes. to be very intentional, right? Of like bringing the language, but also exposing our children to seeing these palabras written, to to know these stories, to see these images and, and characters that represent us. And so I love it. I love it. Right. Oh, thank yeah. you. And we try very hard to curate a <laughs> yes. nice collection for parents. You know, they're all books that I know I would feel comfortable my son, you know, reading. And I, I found that whatever it is that is beneficial for my son is, is beneficial for other parents, sons and daughters. And I really utilized my librarian degree to find authentic Spanish language books and just like my knowledge of curriculum for, from teaching elementary school. And we bring in books that would be of interest to, to schools and, and parents, so. Yeah, that's great. I love it. So we talked about your kind of like focus and reason why you created this business, but in general, and as someone who who is an educator, why is it important to expose bilingual and Spanish books to a child's library? Why is it important for parents to either purchase these books or to borrow them at the library? Hopefully that there are some available at their local library, verdad? But why do you think it is important? Aside from the obvious reason of, of helping them raise their children to be bilingual, to know how to read and speak and, and understand Spanish, there's a lot of, I don't know, I want to say residual effects of children growing up with, with bilingual and Spanish language books in their home library. And to even have a home library in itself, that's, that's powerful already. You know, you're already setting them up for success. But if you have a diverse collection of different languages, I think it really shows them, especially if you do it equally, right? The equal amount of English language books and equal amount of Spanish and bilingual books. It shows them that that language, the minority language, is just as important and valuable as the majority language. I think that that was one of the things that really affected me growing up. There was not a single Spanish book, aside from La Biblia, <laughs> in my house. <laughs> You know, True. And my poor mom, she's, that's how she tried to teach us how to read in Spanish, but that was her only, you know, resource to go to, to try to teach us. And it just completely flopped because that Biblia is in like 15th century Spanish or even <laughs> older, you know, like before Christ kind of Spanish. So it was hard for her when you don't see Spanish at an equal level, even in something as like small as, as a, a home library you start to devalue that language. Mm. It internally affects, you know, your, your identity and the way you perceive your culture and your language. And it manifests in, in so many different, you know, ways, even if you're not realizing that it's happening, it's happening. And, and for me, you know, it affected my relationship with, with my mom. You know, I was embarrassed of, of my mom who, who only knew how to speak Spanish when I was little, you know, obviously now you know, I have a completely different perspective um, yeah. But growing up, I was like, oh, my God, ma, ¿por qué estás hablando español? You know, <laughs> but because there wasn't that equal status of, of both languages, you know, in the home in terms of seeing it written down in books. Right. And the only thing that was valued in, in school and in, in our school libraries and our classroom libraries was English. Like, I, I didn't have the opportunity mm -hmm. to go to a bilingual program. 
So even more, you're get, you're given that message that English is more important. So you know those you, you internalize those things, and it affects you know your personality, your identity, the way you perceive your culture and your language, and and how you value it. So even something as small as starting with a balanced home library that has bilingual books, Spanish language books, and English books at an equal level is is very powerful, and you're you're giving these subliminal messages to your children that yeah you know Spanish is just as important and I am going to buy you know Spanish and bilingual books for my kids and English ones too you know right right I love it I love it yeah and and I can just imagine like how powerful this is for our little ones growing up much differently than how we grew up for that yeah. and again it's not to shame our mothers but that because no. they did so much what they, they didn't have the resources they did what right. they could. Right, exactly. My mom has mentioned, like, I am so proud that you are continuing the language. And I think yeah. that that is kind of like the mission, this still like continuing like level of identity that, you know, our children get to carry. And it opens just so many doors también, you know. Yeah our Absolutely. children will be able to communicate with other kids from spanish-speaking countries communities but also we all know that literacy is so important but i think it'll drive more imagination and more creativity in understanding more like things related to different cultures or different yeah. countries so yeah so i think mm -hmm. that it is so intriguing i absolutely agree it's it's it is super powerful and it's a different upbringing than what we had you know there's so much available out there and you know there there are times where i'll say that there's a lack of spanish language books and bilingual books but in reality they're they're there they're just mm -hmm. really hard to find you have to have almost be an expert in a way to know where to look and where to mm -hmm. find and people have full-time jobs there or you know and, and they're balancing parenthood at the same time and even in the teaching profession, you don't have time to, to become an expert of where to source books and learn about publishers and, and importing and exploit. You don't, nobody has the time for that, right? And that's where I saw where I could, you know, be helpful because I did have the skill sets and, and COVID came and, and completely flipped our world upside down. I had my son and, you know, that completely changed a lot of things for me. So we decided to, to launch the business so that we could, you know, have a place where parents can easily find those resources for families that either do not have a library yet or who want to build a library for their children what recommendations do you have for them as far as with exposing their children to bilingual or their heritage language and within literacy what kind of recommendations do you have i would say that it's important to have a balance of authentic spanish language books and bilingual books and not all bilingual books are created equal mm. oh and as well as spanish language books right there are those that are translated that are written initially mm. in english by white authors and then the publisher goes ahead and hires a translator to separately completely separate from the writing process translate that book and it doesn't exactly resonate with our culture it's just simply now it's in our language right and it may or may not be the specific dialect that, that we are used to hearing or what we grew up speaking at home. Then there are authentic Spanish language texts that are originally written in Spanish. They could be published abroad or they could be published you know, here in the U.S. And those 
have the rich vocabulary, native, a native Spanish speaking author, right? And that those are the ones that I feel are going to build your son or daughter's Spanish language vocabulary and build it and maintain it more so than a book that has been translated and maybe watered down to very simple Spanish. And then there's bilingual books, right? That have the, the mirrored texts, like both Spanish and English. And it could be a bilingual book that has you know, was converted from an English text to being a bilingual text and written by a white author, or it's a bilingual book that is written by a Latino author who wrote the English text and the Spanish text, or they had a little bit of help from a translator to make sure that the Spanish text, you know, is, is accurate. Because as we know, you know, growing up as a Latino in the United States, you don't exactly have the schooling to prepare you to have the like really academically correct Spanish. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they get a little bit of help from a translator, but they are in a sense co-writers with that translator compared to the other situation where there's the white author who wrote that book in English and it's a completely different separate process mm -hmm. where a translator translates that book. It's like completely separate, whereas here the author is co-writing the Spanish. It's just getting like edited a little bit by, by a translator. So that's it's like you have to know these different types of books in a way. And that's something yeah. that I try to, to educate, you know, parents on when, when they come into the store and on my social media channels to make sure that you have a good balance of the different types of books and know the benefits of each, which I don't know, that the ones the, the benefits that each brings. Yeah. To child's proficiency in both languages. Yeah. And so how do you know or how would we know, right? I mean, I don't have a background in library sciences or anything like that. So as a consumer who again wants to be intentional of mm -hmm. purchasing books for my child's library, how do we know what book is what? Like is it like whether if it's authentically Spanish written or if it's translated or if it's bilingual, but kind of like either kind of ones that you define like how how would we know that yeah it's you know it's it's really hard we, we try to do the the work up front so that you know mm -hmm. parents can be parents and and go on with their lives and have an easy job at, at getting it you know accomplishing a balanced home library we have like on our website we've already done all the work for you we have authentic spanish language text collections mm -hmm. We have bilingual collections. We, you know, to be honest, I don't have enough translated books. I don't carry that many ones that are like originally written in English and then translated to Spanish sure. uh, by white authors. But we've tried to at least categorize them already for you. If you're trying to do the homework on your own, I, the best way is just to look at the publisher, like where was the book published? That could give you a hint of whether it's an authentic Spanish language text or not. And the more you buy books, if you pay attention to those little details, you become a little bit better at discerning what type of book it is. Um, sometimes looking at the author to see, like, do they even have a, you know, Latino last name or something will give you a little bit of a hint as to whether it was a translated book or not. It's, it's really hard, though. Like, it's not clear cut. We do a lot of research in the background to make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, these things are already separated for parents so that they could just, you know, click and choose and add to cart or like the way that's organized in our stores, we have the authentic section and then the bilingual section. So it's, okay. yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot that goes into it, but 
Yeah, and especially with board books, they don't always have a copyright page. The copyright page will tell you a lot of information about the book. You know, it tells you the author, where it was published, the year it was published, whether it was originally written in English first or not. But board books don't always have those copyright pages like picture books do. They might have a little bit of information on the back of the book. But I don't know, I, I spend a lot of time calling up the publishers and chatting with the authors to, to make sure that we are categorizing the books in, in the correct categories, I guess, so that it's easy for your parents to just be like, oh, let me look through the authentic Spanish language collection. I want, you know, these books. And I'll, okay, now let me explore the bilingual collection and I want these books. So, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm sure that there's so much labor <laughs> involved in this. And, and so thank you so much as a parent that again, wants to build this great collection of books to, to my son. And I'm sure many mommies out there want to like, I didn't realize that it takes so much like time and effort to kind of build yeah. sort of like categories, right? Like categorizing these books. Like I thought it was just Spanish and it makes sense. Now that right. I'm thinking, like yeah. there's this one book that I'm like, what are these words? Like the syntax just doesn't make any sense. And yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the publisher and, and see who if it was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure it was translated. You really want to aim for the, those authentic texts because those are the ones that are going to really build your son or daughter's vocabulary with, you know, the authentic Spanish. And, and you can be intentional about which, you know, which Spanish you expose your child to. And in my opinion, you know, a lot of people kind of shun a little bit of Spain Spanish, right? They're like, oh, no, I don't want any book that has vosotros in it. Or, oh, no, this is like Latin American Spanish from, you know, or South South American Spanish. And I really want Mexican Spanish. And I, I used to think that way, too. But now it's like the more varieties of Spanish that my son is exposed to, the more that he's going to be able to navigate the Spanish speaking world yes. when he decides to, you know, if he decides to travel abroad or simply even if he has friends who are Guatemalan and not Mexican or Puerto Rican, you know, like he having my son, you know, he's bicultural, he's Mexican and Puerto Rican really changed the my perspectives even on the different varieties of Spanish so mm -hmm. I was trying to tell parents like it's okay if the book has a little bit of vosotros or it's okay if it has vos you know a lot of Central Americans use that it, they're just going to be that much more knowledgeable about you know this, the different varieties of Spanish but yeah like they just have so much authentic vocabulary even something as simple as like getting a book on animals that was published in Chile for example, is gonna build their vocabulary and just their knowledge of flora and fauna of animals outside of this country. So mm -hmm. really wanna aim for those authentic texts. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for your recommendations. I'm learning so much and, and I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and knowledge about this because I'm sure that this is a learning experience for, for many mommies out there listening. So mm -hmm. yeah, this is great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I uh, asked three questions to my interviewees about motherhood. So this is very specific to motherhood, being that you are a mommy to a toddler, which is so great. Toddlers, they're just really fun. <laughs> it's they're a fun state. Fun. <laughs> yes. And so what still surprises you about being a mommy? I don't, you know, I've, I've been through a lot as a mom. I had a really traumatic birth with my son. Mm. So I feel like all these things that come along my way, I'm that much more prepared to handle them or they don't compare to the way to the experience I had in birthing him yeah. but I guess just the thing that kind of astonishes me is just how smart 
children are just obviously I knew that as a teacher right but as mm -hmm. and a parent at the parent level you're witnessing it their like consciousness grow as it's happening and it's just just astonishing how much they really understand and know and even before as a teacher for some reason it didn't click to me that you know it's important to read to your babies <laughs> yeah. when I used to go to baby showers as a guest and I'd see people gifting books and be like oh my god like that's why are you giving a baby a book babies don't know how to read and like they completely you know I don't know why I thought that even as at my you know stage in my life when I was a teacher I would always just like roll my eyes like what no but babies are so so smart and yes. you don't realize that until you're raising one yourself and you're witnessing their consciousness level just expand more and more the more that you know older that they get and I remember like getting a free book you know from the from the doctor's office and I was like let me just read to my son he's two months old and he's barely able to hold up his little wobbly head but let me go ahead and read it to him. And, and he was really paying attention and like looking at the pictures, looking up at me, you know, like, <laughs> and that's the, where, you know, it ignited it. And I was like, man, they're just so, so smart and they understand so much. And it's just amazing the, the capacity of the brains that, that they have. Yes, 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 that is so true. Yeah, <laughs> it amazes me, like our son D, like we ask him, okay, Trae el libro de, de Richie, the Richie Valens, the little libros. Uh -huh. And then he knows, like, I mean, it's probably memory, but... He knows which one it is. Yes, even from the sight of it, like the, the binding of it. Yeah, like from the sight. Yes, yes. I'm like, uh -huh. oh my gosh, like he knows. And and yeah, it is just amazing. They are very well aware, right? Like, yeah. and they're learning, like they're learning so much. I think it's amazing. Yeah. The potential yeah. is just so crazy, you know, like my son and going back to what I was saying before about, you know, valuing different varieties of Spanish. When he watches TV, he watches it in Spanish, but there isn't always a Latin American Spanish option for certain shows. And right now he's really into, I don't even know what it's called in English because we don't watch it in English. <laughs> I think it's Octonauts. And okay. the only Spanish, at least that I found, is the Spain Spanish version. So that's what he watches and he's really absorbing, you know, that variety of Spanish as well as the Mexican variety of Spanish and the Puerto Rican, yeah. you know, variety of Spanish. And there's times where he'll speak like a Spaniard to me. And then there's <laughs> times where he'll speak like a Mexican to me or, you know, or Puerto Rican. And it's just like amazing their capacity, you know, of understanding yeah. and absorbing all this information mm -hmm. and, and languages. It's just, it's crazy. I love it. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, so second question. What is one tip of advice you have for Latina mommies? One tip of advice is, I would say, just believe in yourself. Um, you can do it, even if it's your first time around. It's it's tough, but, but you can do it, and you're the best person equipped to do so. You're the best mom for your child. Mm -hmm. So don't compare yourself to other moms. Don't compare your child to other children because that's something you know that that happens a lot unconsciously you know especially if you have if you know, they have little friends around the same age or little cousins around the same age mm -hmm. they you know they're growing and learning at their own path and you are growing and learning at your own path as a mom and together you guys are perfect so have you know the full confidence that that you're doing great 
Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this. And then what is your meaning of madrehood? I think it's just, it's, it's a learning experience. It's not, there's no textbook to it. There's no perfect way of being a mom. It's just motherhood is just, you know, another, another learning experience in, in this human experience that we're having here. And it's, it just boils down to love. That's, that's all it is. You know, it's, it's love. And for, for your offspring, I guess, if you want to call them that, <laughs> criaturitas, you know, and it's just a learning experience and both of you guys are learning together. And if, as long as there's love, you know, in their relationship, it's, it's great. Yes, I love it. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And where can people follow you? Well, we are on every social media handle out there. <laughs> We're Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, believe it or not. And TikTok is actually the platform that has taken off the most for me or for us as a business. Oh, uh, we great. just hit a couple of days ago, 10K followers on TikTok. So it's like, wow. oh my God. That's <laughs> so awesome, congrats. Yeah. So if you're a small business owner and you're not on TikTok, you got to get on TikTok. No, you don't have to dance around <laughs> and do all those crazy videos. It's like, I honestly just get on there and talk about, you know, books and new arrivals and, mm -hmm. and this and that. But yeah, the, I think our handles on both Facebook and TikTok are at Los Amigos Books. And on Instagram, it's at Los Amigos Books, but with underscores under each or after each uh, word. Okay. And then our website is www.losamigosbooks.com. Okay, great. And I'll make sure to share that in the show notes so that people can follow you and definitely support your business. I already have some items on my cart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll make sure to to purchase those soon. But Laura, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much yeah, for being likewise. here again. I got so much out of this interview, not just to learn more about your business and your background, but also to learn more about your philosophy and your purpose of of bilingual literacy and, and Spanish literacy. So gracias. Lo, oh, gracias lo a ti mucho. por la oportunidad. Igualmente. Gracias, Jessica. Yes, thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit vivalamami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice. <laughs>